Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the tiny room. I am your co-host for the podcast, Michael, and I am joined, as always, by the man who has been described as the John Ham of Irish podcasting. It's Benjamin. Say hello, it's, Benjamin. It's, hello, Benjamin. John Ham of Irish podcasting. Hmm. Mm, I do smoke an inordinate amount of cigarettes and cheat on my wife a lot. Yes, and um, you were in that very good episode of Black Mirror. I was, I was. Unfortunately, I was a bit of a well. Well, like, I, I don't know. I felt very hard done by by the uh, court system there. I, I, I didn't kill him. Um, but sure, look, sure, look, sure. Listen, it's not my country. Um, anyway, I am John Ham. Yes. Joined digitally by Michael in the not tiny room in Italy. Yes. Hi. Yeah, it looks very. Uh, it looks very bright and refreshing there where you are, Ben. It wasn't originally, Michael. It was a bit of a cave when you when you came across me earlier on today. Um, but sure, look. I've opened the windows. I've let in a summer's day. It's lovely. Ben, we're going to start the podcast with some slightly disappointing news. Ah. Yeah, I know. Well, you won't care, so only slightly disappointing for me. Oh, good. Um, good. I've just finished watching um, season five of Agents of Shield. Okay. Um, and they they didn't deal with the click. Oh, what? Yeah, no, no reference to it whatsoever. That doesn't make any sense. Well, Michael. it seems like the last few episodes of Agents of Shield happened concurrently with um the events of infinity war so okay. so there's no there's no big twist at the end that half of the team disappear presumably it all happens off screen oh that's shit isn't it yeah yeah now yeah no it is you're right it is it's pretty disappointing um, even even for a show that i do not like yeah that seems pretty, a bit it was a little meh. disappointing all right having said that ben they did a very good season finale Okay, how do, how do we do? Well, you can't really do spoilers, can we? Uh, does anyone care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spoilers? I, well, I certainly don't. Yeah, so here's some spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, they just wrapped it up. They wrapped it up nicely. It was very much a series finale rather than just a season oh, finale. Um, funnily enough, though, they got renewed for a 13-episode season 6, which oh. so often happens when they wrap up a show nicely. Oh, that's awful! Now it has to come back with some new extent. This is this is very much this is very much reminiscent of of Supernatural season renewing. That tends to um, happen, doesn't it, Ben? Where we've had our our classic kind of season three, sixteen episodes. You know, someone ends up in in hell and then is brought back. And, it's uh, a kind of self fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? If a TV show is going well enough that they can plan out a really nice ending, mm. that tends to make that show more popular, and then it gets renewed. Yeah, they've, they've had a spate of, of... They've had a bloody TV call um, recently. Yeah. Um, in a lot, of, lot of big shows have been axed. No, but um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, massive comedy in the States, axed. But then um, back. Well, backed by fan demands. This is the interesting thing. The exact same thing has happened with Lucifer. Um, oh, Lucifer's back. Lucifer has been cancelled. It's in talks to be brought back now. It hasn't officially been brought back, but it was cancelled unexpectedly because it's been doing quite well. But the reason it's been cancelled is because Marvel or Disney has bought that division of um, Warner. Oh, that's interesting. And they don't want they don't want a DC property on the lot. Maybe they could fold it into the the Arrowverse like they do with every other kind of orphaned TV show. Yeah, they did it with Constantine, didn't they? Constantine yep. had a little arrow arrow cameo. And even Ariamio. Supergirl to an extent. Su- Supergirl is sorry? Even Supergirl to an extent, the same thing happened. Mm. Mm. She she was ditched by her own network and then the CW bought it. They just, just 
brought her into the fold. Exactly. Brought her into the fold. Hmm, interesting. But you were you were pleased with the overall season series finale? Look, it was a good series finale, Ben. But again, they'll be back for 13 episodes. Interestingly, they're back for 13 episodes next year after Avengers 4. Oh, so, so we, will, we will probably have to deal with Fallout in some form. Well, I think that it's going to start season 6 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when everyone is back from the click. It's going to be... The, the click is such a bloody ripple event it's going to affect so many things i'm still wondering what's going to happen with netflix well nothing they're going to ignore it marvel have been hoist by their own petard their whole everything's Mm. connected is now proving not to be true because they did something on a huge scale huge scale yeah let's move on then what's the next thing we're talking about um, well, actually, funnily enough, we're talking about uh, bloody bloody Netflix MCU stuff. Oh, very good. Um, oh, look, what, so I think we planned a podcast. It's all, it's almost like we know what we're doing sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding, listeners. We are hapless and completely and utterly at the mercy of fate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that thing you so, said earlier was really funny, but we can't say it on air. <laughs> but we can't say it on air because we'll definitely get taken off YouTube um, yeah. or anything else that we put it up on. Um yeah. <laughs> so the big news I think is that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was uh, slated for season three of uh, Daredevil. He has wrapped his filming segment. Okay, um, you're using slated in the Hollywood sense, not the review sense. Yes, sorry, not slated as in a bad review. He was um, rather scheduled to film on season three of Daredevil. And slated being the word that they use in Hollywood when you're scheduled. <laughs> But it's because I work in Hollywood, you see, Michael. You're on the slate. You're John, you're John Hamm, essentially. I'm John Hamm. I've been slated for many roles over the years. Um, yes. I'm quite popular as a... Um, With the ladies. As a, an actor. Uh, well, I mean, that's your opinion, Michael. It's probably the opinion of some poor blind, deaf and dumb woman. Look at um, you there with your one-button shirt open at the top <laughs> on a sunny Sunday morning. <laughs> sipping your Campari... I don't have Campari right now, but I will nip out and get one as soon as this is Good. done. A celebratory post-podcast Campari. Um, a PPC, if you will. A Pipic. Um, so, yeah, moving on from there, D'Onofrio, who is our favourite kingpin, has wrapped. So I'm, going to be, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, and then during the week, we got some other news um, in terms of who the, well, the kind what of... What other news, Ben? Uh, because as you know, uh, Kingpin is not really a physical match for Daredevil in terms of speed or running around rooftops or anything like that. He's more of an imposing, right, exactly. menacing, uh, powerful figure. Okay. And he often uh, um, go on. Go on. Yeah, no, you go on. He often I, delegates I the work out to hired hands, and uh, probably Daredevil's most famous uh, nemesis, Bullseye, has been confirmed or just about no 100% way! confirmed. Yeah, with an ben. actor chosen and everything. Who is it? Uh, Wilson Bethel. I don't know who that name. is. Wilson Bethel has starred in things like Nashville um, and stuff like that. So he's an unusual pick for it. He was originally slated uh, to be... See, using it again because it's good, an industry term. Um, yeah, he was originally slotted in to be an unnamed FBI character and people thought he was going to play a really obscure serial killer in the Marvel Universe called Sin Eater. Okay. Um, and Sin Eater is kind of a religious zealot that goes around murdering vigilantes and superheroes. Um, but it has been later confirmed that he will be playing Bullseye. Um, Bullseye. It's not... It's it's 90% confirmed. I think they're just waiting for an official studio announcement, but I think writers and showrunners have kind of... not. I think he himself has kind of stated that he's going to be taking on the role. Um, so that would be very interesting. Be um, he will. He looks the part... 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you do a quick search there for Wilson Bethel, he he looks the bloody part. He looks properly bullseye. He has that thing going on. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what they do with the screen. I'd say he'll be a bit manic, bit bit mental, because he is in the comics. Bullseye is very unhinged. But I think what we might see is kind of a an end of the season or mid-season thing where he's horribly disfigured in some form. Um, and we go from there. And we go from there. Um, I think he might start off as an FBI character, uh, maybe corrupt, possibly chasing Daredevil. Um, and I'd say maybe Fisk corrupts him and turns him into Bullseye or something. I don't know. And these, are, these, are just, these are just shots in the dark. I quite like Bullseye. I really enjoy him in the comics when he pops up. Him and Deadpool have a really strong dynamic. In They do crossover events all the time. Um, and it's really interesting to see the two of them kind of duke it out. It's very entertaining. Ben, do you think he'll say, uh, I want a fucking costume? Uh, I would imagine that that will almost be a direct nod to the original Ben Affleck uh, film, and I'd love to see that happen. I don't think he'll say it, but I'd be very happy no, if he, he should, did. though. I'd, I'd be very happy. What else, Ben? Um, what else? What so, else? yeah, speaking of Deadpool crossovers with Bullseye, did you see a movie this week, Michael? I saw several movies this week, Benjamin. Oh, okay. Uh, did you did you see a superhero movie this week, Michael? Yes, I saw Infinity War again. Oh. Oh, and Deadpool. Oh, and Deadpool. There we go. We got to it. We got to it eventually. God, we're good at this. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. What do you think? Ben, are we doing uh, little spoilers? Oh, oh yeah, no full spoilers. full spoilers. I, I want to do full, full spoilers because I, I, I love it. I wanted to talk to somebody about it for a bit very meta it's really cool there's lots of little references go on give us your give us your honest two cents benjamin i thoroughly enjoyed it yes i thought it was great Uh, if not as good if not better than the first one i think it was better than the first one personally speaking um when i went back and watched the first one for the second time i found it a little bit boring because i'm not a huge fan of the flashback structure of a movie yes it's a little bit played out it's a little bit played out yeah um, and when Deadpool 2 started in the same way, I was a little concerned. Yeah, they did very much do flashbacky. They were they were heavily leaning on on flashbacks there um, for the first part. But, but only at the start. Yeah, I think they definitely sidestepped it and then progressed. Yeah, it was very... I, I found when I went back and watched the first one, it's... It was a great film. I'm not arguing that for a second. But I found it was very much like it was a fan-made film in certain parts. Um, well, it was ten years in the making. It was ten years in the making, and it very much is a fan film on a very small budget. But I think that new budget that they have has really benefited the, the overall structure of that series. Um, I thought it was very good. Um, it was, I thought it was, it, was it was thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, it was very funny. The special effects were very good. Uh, it was surprising in 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 some some ways. Um, yeah, it, it Ryan Reynolds. Still isn't really annoying yet. He isn't. I, I don't see. This is the thing. I don't know how Ryan Reynolds does that, um, because he should be irritating. If you were to take him and make him a real person, Wade Wilson in this particular case, not Ryan Reynolds, um, it, you just you'd punch him. Like you just wouldn't. He's just an irritating creature. But it works really well. Really he well. Is- he is six foot two, though Ben. He is six foot two and in pretty good shape. Oh no, I don't he know could kick. Just, sorry, he want to punch him. Sorry, he could kick my ass. That's that's not. Um, that's really he'd do, not he'd, what's. He'd probably being, do a flip. Yeah, that's not what's. That's not what's being argued here, um, at all. But um, 
Yeah, he just manages to play it very well every time. There's an interesting... Funnily enough, the, the sentimental moments between himself and Vanessa or, you know, they should be cheesy as heck. Mm-hmm. And they're not. I don't know how he does that. I don't know whether we just give well, he's got, Reynolds a pass. He's, he's got that sweet uh, romantic comedy timing. Yeah, he does. He's, he's, oh, that's, that's a good point. He's a deft hand at the old rom-com timing and he's been doing it for years he's a rom-com man he's yeah, a rom-com, he's a rom-com man. man this is the thing you forget that's his other he's so bloody hideous superpower until the reveal there at the end <laughs> where they take it all off and you're like ah, oh, there's big daddy reynolds there he is i don't know i was looking at him and he's like calling himself a burn victim and calling himself ugly he's the handsomest burn victim i've ever seen because he still has all his eye sockets and stuff there's there's nothing yeah it's just like a mask that goes over it doesn't look that bad because he's just a lumpy fair, skin man. You wouldn't be able to make him that disgusting. In some, you see, it kind of depends on the comic. Um, some of the comics make him absolutely hideous, and then other comics yeah, make him look vomit looking at him. Yeah, exactly. That's like a whole thing, and he has like deformed flesh hanging over his eye and stuff like that. But they don't do that here because you don't you don't take a money maker like Ryan Reynolds' face and and dust it up too bad. Like it's not gonna happen. Although you say that, Ben, uh, one thing I really like about the Daredevil movies. Deadpool movies as opposed to the Marvel ones is the commitment to keeping the bloody mask on oh he just leaves that on it just stays and I love that in the Marvel movies anytime someone needs to say something they take their mask off no it just stays on for this they they spent a fortune on that apparently I remember watching a behind the scenes for Deadpool 1 and they tried to come up with lots Mm -hmm. of different ways to make him do it properly and the mask actually functions as a speaking device. Like, he can speak using the mask. They spent a fortune on making sure that he could do all that. Um, Still, though, obviously, the lines are dubbed. Oh, no. Uh, what's it called? ADR'd later. Yeah, it's, that's unavoidable. But it's just interesting that they put so much effort into allowing Ryan Reynolds a chance to speak um, properly. Because I suppose you'd need that for the timing and stuff when you wanted to sync it up later. Oh, for sure, yeah. 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 And Ben, what did you think of uh, Joshy B? Joshy B, much better Thanos than he was at Cable, but I really enjoyed Cable. Um, yeah. Much much better Thanos. He had a lot more presence as, as Thanos, obviously because it was a bigger character. Um, but I think he really seemed... Physically. I think he had a lot of fun playing Cable because um, he just gruffs him up something fierce. Um, he's just... He, he just gruffs about the place yeah. going... Yeah, Everyone pretty much. Stop. Um, and I really ben, he's kind of a dick sometimes what? I don't like he's he's a very mishmashed character do you know what I mean he's not this kind of noble time traveling soldier I'm referring specifically to the part where he steals the token from Deadpool the arcade as token a, as, a little, as a keepsake as a trinket I don't know why he yeah. does that it's just a dick move it's like something to remember you by and then he like goes out a window um, very I, I like as well that it wasn't an automatic um Save the kid arc. I thought that was great. Um, he I really, the kid arc. Yeah, he really doesn't want to help. No, but even Wade Wilson or Deadpool doesn't want to help the kid at all until he thinks he can get something out of it. And it takes him a big, yeah, long yeah. arc to kind of come around to this. Because I thought they were going to phone it in and be like, this kid's going to be the kid I was supposed to have with Vanessa. I thought they were going to well, do... Well, there was still a little hint there, but they, they didn't go no, full No, they didn't go full it. whack into it. And I, I really respect that. Mm-hmm. In terms of design for Cable, I thought he was great. I thought aesthetically oh, he, he was great. fantastic. David, the guy that did John Wick, did his choreography for a lot of the scenes, and you can really see that John Wick influence when, especially in the the final fight between him and all the the kind of children's home guards, 
goons. Yeah, yeah the, the goons. Like, it's that really swift gun kind of combat style thing. Um, I thought it really suited Yeah, I, I like the... I like the fight scenes for Cable. Cable is very good. I like when he punches people in the spine with his robot hands. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, I really having said it. that, Ben. Having said that, this is the first first criticism mm, for me. On. Were I a Cable fan, which I'm not particularly, yes. but I mean, I, I like Cable. But were I a Cable fan, I would feel that he was given a bit of a diff service. It was a bit of a Cable in name and look only. Yeah, because they still haven't even confirmed if he's a mutant. I mean, well, we don't know if he's a mutant or not. Yeah. Also. Uh, I would have thought and again Ben I'm not the big Cable fan so I don't care but I would have thought that comic book Cable wouldn't change the timeline for something as small as saving his own family yeah that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either Um, interestingly he really is an amalgam character because they mentioned that his daughter's name is Hope and Hope was a big central character in an X-Men arc a couple of years ago and Cable actually did jump through time with her to Saber mm-hmm. he had this whole thing Deadpool was there um, sorry it should be pointed out that it's a perfect match for the Deadpool Cable that was a very successful series for Marvel for a number of years where Cable and Deadpool very good kind of tried to save the world together um, and they've been tied together ever since they were first created because Mr. Rob Leefield kind of handled both of them for a very long time um, and um, yeah he, he doesn't really get a fair shake but he's great as a kind of threat he's a really good threat you know to have looming yeah, in the background but then, but then promptly replaces the main threat yeah. by someone who was kind of surprising but also we kind of suspected might have been in there somewhere yeah bloody and uh are we gonna do full spoilers we... full spoilers why not juggernaut like just great oh he's great just great a little bit of black tom cassidy in there there was an irishman in ice box it was it was yeah. great <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And um, that's that's just right. Ry- very very Irishman's boss. There's no actor behind that. That's just Ryan Reynolds doing a lower, deeper voice. Yep. As Juggernaut. I really enjoyed Juggernaut, that. Juggernaut, you mean? Yeah, as Juggernaut. I thought that was great. Um and they've hinted that he might come back. Uh, do you know what was really great actually? Was we finally got to see a proper CGI fight as well. Cuz remember they used to hint Between at that a lot Colossus in the first and one. Juggernaut. Colossus and Juggernaut, which again, really well choreographed. For two big guys having yeah, a fight. Yeah, that was a, that was a great fight. Um, it was a really yeah. good fight. That's another thing I really loved about the choreography. None of this shaky camera. You'll recall, Michael, that I had a bit of a yes, criticism yes. of Black Panther in that the action scenes jump around way too much. Um, right. This was very much fixed camera angle with some dynamic work in there. You know, you always saw the hit connect if it was Cable hitting mm-hmm. someone or if it was Ryan Reynolds, it, like it was really kind of 90s style choreographing, which I know is a bit pastiche and I know people don't like, but I like it in a movie. Um, I like the cool fight scenes because if I'm going to watch a film about a super soldier from the future and a mercenary that can regenerate whenever he wants, I've already given up on a realistic fight scene. I just want to see them kick the crap out of each other. Yeah, just kick the crap out of each other. Just get a big giant metal man to fight a big giant angry man. Yeah, and there's a nice little throwback to uh, Professor X in there as well. Um, I really love some of the Easter eggs. The Very good. The, ben, very good Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, some great Easter eggs. I really love the little beast, Professor X, Storm cameo in the background, Quicksilver. Yeah, that, just that was closing the parlor door. Just very quickly closing the door. Very nice. Perfect in the tone of the series. Like, just great. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, the bit where he gets the burned at the end and he's he's, he's black x yeah that's his x-force Deadpool. suit i thought that was really cool brad pitt bloody brad yeah, pitt that was very good wasn't it, was, it it was great um i really enjoyed all that i think 
what's really come out of the whole film for me and what I really enjoyed about it is the way they're now having seen Infinity War and having seen Deadpool 2 I think what really interests me is they seem to be following a brand new way of kind of breaking the mold formula for a lot of these things um so you're saying they have a formula of breaking the formula absolutely if it makes money it's not a contention it's it makes for more interesting films i think um but both of them have retconned their major events so what i mean by that is infinity war obviously has the big half the universe killed off thing but we know avengers infinity war 2 or avengers 4 is probably Mm -hmm. going to mess around with that um, probably although wouldn't it be amazing if it didn't i i would be astounded if it didn't and i would applaud um from my chair michael um proudly also um two things happen in in deadpool that's fascinating first of all we get rid of vanessa within the first 15 minutes 20 minutes mm. um second of all we get rid of x-force except for zazie very Beats. good wasn't it I thought Very that was good. excellent. I thought it made an amazing scene. I thought it was absolutely hilarious just to watch these different guys crack and Deadpool watch the whole thing. And I think more importantly, it really reaffirms Deadpool's character when he kind of just gets up, brushes it off and goes on with yeah, his business. Off he goes. I think they were that's, just mercenaries. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I thought that was great. Um, I also love how many big actors they got in to just kill off. They have bloody Terry Crews. They had Bill Skarsgård. You know, those those aren't small yeah. characters. Those aren't small actors. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, like just in to get rid of them. And then, of course, we had Peter. We were, it also it also it also means Ben that we were bang on a couple of weeks ago about uh, Zeitgeist. Yes, yes, yeah. He was there. Um, you were you were absolutely Zeitgeist right. Zeitgeist and Bedlam. You were absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> Um, but I think um, oh. the thing was, though, the, the great thing there was that like in we actually talked about this, but in Zeitgeist's debut episode uh, issue of the comic, he appeared and he is killed off gruesomely. No, so it fits perfect. It's just a- in a very similar way, actually, because he, he gets his lower half blown off and then this he gets his lower legs chopped just off the bits. It's, cut off. It's I, I think they work very, very really good. closely with comic book material in this because a lot of it is, is tied in. But the other interesting thing and probably the more interesting thing about this one is the after credit scene. Hold on, you're saying that what you said is more interesting no, than no, what no, I said? No, 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 That's what you just no, said. That's, not... that's what you just said. I give up. I want to quit the <laughs> podcast. On. Um, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go to the after credits scene, um, let's talk about X-Force a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think in the same sense that Cable fans are going to be disappointed that uh, Cable wasn't Cable, mm. um, the Shatterstar fans out there are really going to feel it. Is there is there a big Shatterstar? Fascinatingly, mentions Mo- six of them. Mentions Modo wor- Mojo World, no problem. He's just like yeah. I'm from Mojo World, which means I'm better yeah, at everything. I'm, basi- I'm basically an alien. Um, also, I think in comics he's a bisexualist. He is. He is. He he will feature later in our episode, Michael. Um, oh, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely is. But he gets zero. <laughs> he's not cool. He's oh, not. Nothing. It's, it's no. just pretty grim. Um, it's just yeah. pretty grim. One of the best characters in it, I think, was was Domino. She was great. Domino was excellent. I really enjoyed Although, her. Although very underdeveloped. I mean, we'd we'd like to see more from her. No, I mean, I think I think there's definitely going to be a Deadpool three or a, an X Force film involving the whole gang. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's going to be a whole thing. Um, it, another Ben, before you go on and talk about your post credit scene yeah, as well, well, another classic, another classic example of a of a of a lying trailer. Oh yeah, but I think they intentionally did that. I think they were definitely oh for sure building like they the, Terry Crews signed on to film fight scenes that he knew weren't in the movie. 
Oh, okay. Because no, they have it in the trailer where he's beating people. someone up. Yeah. Um, so Terry Crews fought, fought, filmed those fight scenes knowing full well that his character died and that it was all a big gag. Wow. So That's... kudos to him. Yeah, good job him. I mean, I'm sure he got paid one way or the other, so, you know... Hallelujah. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but I mean, it can't have been really about being paid because Brad Pitt, I mean... No. Do you reckon Brad Pitt was even there or was that just pure CGI pure and he CGI. signed off on his likeness? Pure. Well, I think he might have done a, a quick... Because it looked like Fight Club Brad Pitt. Yeah, he was, looked pretty young. He looked pretty young, so I think he might have just signed off on his likeness. Um, yeah, possibly. Ben, sorry, go on. What were you saying? Anyway, uh, as I was saying, this interesting new thing of, of breaking the mold and then coming back and fixing it... Um, what was that? That was my plate. I, I banged off a plate with my pen. Very oh, sorry. Okay. Um, there's actually a new tram installed outside my apartment, and that's the bell. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, they've so basically the the after credit sequence is quite unusual. Um, Deadpool Nick's Cable's watch has Megasonic, Negasonic Teenage Warhead fixes. And he goes back in time and does a bunch of funny things. He murders Ryan Reynolds before he signs on to the Green Lantern script. He murders yes, X-Men good. Origins Deadpool. Um, yes, also very good. And he, um, more importantly, saves Vanessa. Um, mm. He goes back and saves Vanessa in a, in a what can only be described as about a five-second vignette. Um, yeah. And it's canon. It's been confirmed as canon. She's back. Um, yeah. officially as a result of that um, David Lech, Lech not sure how to pronounce Leech. his name uh, the director of Deadpool 2 anyway has confirmed it and the writers confirmed it in Reddit Ask Me Anything which I think is fascinating um, to do they just wreck on the entire thing that whole scene kind of loses its emotional weight a little bit um, and again he argues that it's very yeah, much so- in tone with the the film Um but I found it really interesting. Time travel is a bag of dicks, isn't it? Because now that he's done that, did the film ever happen? That's what I mean. Like, how can the film have happened if he saved Vanessa? Because he never would have gone on that. Should, well, I suppose, they still, I suppose they still had to find the kid. He still has the awareness of the future and he probably still wants to save the kid. So maybe. Um, yeah, but it's such a bag of dicks, yeah. isn't it? Uh, time travel... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was also a little bit uh, got into time travel oh, this feck. this year. I hate time travel. But time travel just, just leave, ruins Leave things. it out. Get rid of it. It just Get ruins things. I think what's more interesting there is that uh, the director, David Lech, he actually admitted that originally he thought audiences wouldn't accept Vanessa's death. Um, right. But they have. Audiences were pretty okay with it. The, um, in the feedback that they did, they were like, yep, yeah, she died. That happened. It's an in, it's an interesting uh, because it's the only thing that they play straight in the whole film is the classic shoving a woman in the fridge. Yeah, and then they take her right on back out. I think they it's take her back out of the fridge. I think nice it's and cool. It's it's a nice. Well, it's not a nice, but it's it's an interesting use of the trope in that she still has quite a bit of agency after being shoved in a fridge. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. I, I, like, I like her as a character actor. I don't mind Vanessa, or what's her name? Ma- Mor- Mor- Marina Baccarin. Yeah, thank you. Um, I quite like her as an actor, um, and I'd be happy to see her in future Deadpools. But um, bet you would. Yeah, it's just interesting. Um, anyway, um, I think one of the more interesting things out of any of that, despite all the meta commentary and stuff, we get no mention of Legion on FX. Um, well, Ben, which is why would you? Mutant verse. It's a pretty small show. Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. I, I just thought. I just thought they might take a dig at it. 
He takes a dig at everything else. Interestingly, as uh, as as Deadpool starts with an unironic uh, refrigerating of a woman, um, there has been the refrigeration of a woman to to what's the word I'm looking for, Ben? What's the to motivate to give pathos to the lead character, to the lead male character uh, in Legion as well. Classic. What's who's, who's been shoved in a fridge then? Um, spoilers obviously for Legion here, so hit your pause button. Um, his sister. Ah, I like the sister. Yeah, his sister gets captured by the Shadow King, and uh, he he puts Lenny's soul or mind into her, and twists her body into the shape of Lenny. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then everyone's pretty upset about that. Yeah, that's not great. So Lenny's alive. Okay. But in order to do it, uh, his sister's body was stolen. And we've had three episodes on the fallout of his sister dying, basically. Oh, no. This is... <sighs> and uh, his sister dying is... Three very good episodes, mind you. Yeah, ben. it's still three, Legion. It's still good, but yeah, he's a woman in a good. fridge. But it's interesting that uh, in two nerd properties this week, we had women shoved into the old fridges. Mm, mm, it's not a trope that's going away, Michael. Speaking of, Michael, do you want to do the segue this time? Since yes, I'm so John Ham-fisted about it. Uh... Ben, sometimes when also gay people die. Yeah, so we've talked about women in fridges on the podcast before, Michael, and um, generally that trope we have been. Uh, is exactly as you laid it out. Um, it's a woman uh, who is killed unceremoniously, usually in a violent or gory manner, um, yeah. to prove one of two things. Um, one is to show that the, the bad guy is a real bad egg. You know, he's a real, yeah, real he's piece a of work. Bloke. Uh, and the other thing is to motivate the hero to like a, a grander, stronger stage in his story. Um, and this is all at the expense of, of the woman. Um, but it's not solely the realm of, of women in this particular case. There is a kind of corresponding or parallel trope um, for another lesser represented uh, minority in television, film and popular culture. Um, burying the gay. Burying the gay or burying your gays, I think and- is the official term. Um, and Ben, yes, who better to discuss it with, uh, with respect and thought than two mostly straight white men? Mostly straight being the key term here. Please don't bash us. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, look, we're we're looking at this from a pop culture point of view. Obviously, um, we can't speak about it with any kind of emotional depth, in that we are not really affected by the trope on an emotional level. Um, but it's certainly an interesting misuse of characterization and plot. And as as we all know, Michael, this podcast is vehemently against um, inappropriate use of plot and character. Um, Boo! It just makes bad television. It just makes bad stories. It's just terrible. Um, well, sometimes it makes good stories. And then only when you go back on it later, you go, oh, yeah. yeah but at, a, at a serious cost. And funnily enough, I think because Women in Fridges has become such a prominent trope, um, burying mm-hmm. your gaze became kind of a, a fallback or a plan B um, for a lot of writers. Oh, very especially good. Especially around the mid-90s uh, to early 2000s when, you know, women in fridges was a really big thing where we had to treat our women better. And so just to get around that... Um, Ridiculous. We had our <laughs> Bury Your Gay trape uh, come back. And the, one of the more interesting things, I think, is that burying, burying your gays has been a really strong trope for a long time. Um one of the ways that it, it often manifests is, um, and I'm using this in air quotes, 
is to okay. kind of showcase the tragedy of being gay. Okay. And, All right. And that seems like, and I mean that in in very vigorous air quotes. Um, and what that is is to be gay in popular culture is to lead a difficult, miserable life, um, and that a happy ending is not usually extended to a gay character. So um, I think one of the more prominent examples of that is a couple of years ago, and this really has nothing to do with our podcast, um, Colin first started in a movie called A Single Man. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about it before, or you've talked well, about it I before. possibly have. I've never seen it. Um, because this, this movie has kind of fulfilled an awful lot of these tropes, um, but one of them is, is the tragedy of being gay. Um, spoilers on a movie that came out, I think, eight years ago, um, in other words, yeah, get over it. Count. Um, but Colin Firth plays a repressed homosexual gentleman. Um, yes, in a repressed English society. Um, let's call him. Let's call him Neil. Neil. Let's call him Neil. Um, Neil, gay man. And at the, <laughs> and at the end, Colin Firth's character basically keels over, and and right. he dies. And there's no yes. great explanation for this. And one critic from the Guardian has pointed out that his cause of death seems to be the overbearing weight of simply being gay. Um, oh, very good. And you see this trope again and again. Very, very often, what you have is is a gay character who either commits suicide, or is assaulted, mm-hmm. or yes. uh, is murdered by bigots. And this is certainly not yes. to downplay the fact that that gay people are usually the targets of more verbal and physical abuse. But writers always seem to doom the gay character, and it's ve- it's very reminiscent of of That's horror. Very tropes. interesting. It's very reminiscent of horror tropes where if you have sex, you die. And it, it kind of falls into that realm of perversion leading to doom. Um, like how like how Michael Myers only kills the people who had the sex. Yes, exactly. Um, but in this case, it's gay people. And very often what happens is that the more dominant male character or the more aggressive male character, the pursuer, I suppose, if you want to look at it in a relationship terms. The man in the is, relationship, Oh, ben. I'm not... Didn't say... Is that what you're didn't saying? Didn't say that. Oh, Ben, you're I the worst. the more dominant partner. Um, or the one who instigates kind of the flirtation or whatever. He's the one that dies. Okay. So the more kind of... The more comfortable they are Sexually. in their own skin, the more doomed oh. they are as they go along. Um, Give us an example of that, Benjamin. There, there, um, um, I think one of, the, one of the kind of stronger examples that you can see in, in comic books is um, North Star. Have you, have you heard of North Star? North Star. North Star. <laughs> it's a great big shopping center. No, that's North Side. I'm sorry. No, yeah, you got you got, got that wrong. I've, I've become mixed up. That's a very Irish bit, Michael. I mean, of course, I've heard of North Star, but for the sake, I know. Yeah, this is, three people will find that funny. Uh, <laughs> for the sake of convenience, Ben, imagine that I haven't heard of North Star and explain so, it to me. Uh, North Star is probably one of the earliest openly gay Marvel characters. Uh, he features in the X Men franchise, and he was part of Alpha Flight, which is Canada's premier super team. <laughs> um, and he was part of Alpha Flight. Um, super speed was kind of his whole thing. And he would run at really high speeds. Anyway, um, a number of things have happened to North Star over the years. Aside from being openly gay, he contracted the AIDS virus when that was big oh, news. classic. Back in the day. Uh, that was later retconned. And it turns out that North Star is not a mutant. He's a member of a fairy race. 
Um, so he didn't die of AIDS. <laughs> he died of he died of being a fairy because his fairy blood was oh, too well. weak um, for the mortal world. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, you have these messy things, but I think one of the the stronger examples in that one is the ultimate X-Men run that he features in. Um, As we all know, Colossus is um, a gay character in the X-Men Ultimate Universe. Um, Yes. He's 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 gay. and gay robot man. Northstar is the character that tries to convince him to be openly gay. Um, Oh, so it's all about coming out. Yes, and Northstar suffers an overdose um, in that and dies rather violently. Um, oh, this God is later sake. retconned to have him paralyzed from below the waist. Um, oh, well, that's fine. So then. they kind of retcon it to be more of an Icarus fable where he flies too close to the sun. He flies too close to the gay and he gets his legs taken away. Um, oh, so again, it's, it's, it's a messy trope and it, it, it recurs again and again and again where these characters and now they're kind of picking up the slack for that where they keep retconning these gay characters that they've murdered in quite often horrific ways um, yes. and very often off screen um, one of the stronger ones that I remember is um, Secret Six from DC Comics written by Gail Simone um, very good. they feature two very prominent gay characters in the DC universe we have Scandal Savage the daughter of Vandal Savage and Knockout who is a survivor Scandal Savage <laughs> yeah Scandal Savage that sounds like a porn star <laughs> she recently featured in the Suicide Squad movie Hell to Pay um, I'll go with on Knockout. I watched that and Knockout is from um, Knockout is from Apocalypse uh, is she the, the super sexy one she's the big redhead uh, powerhouse character okay yeah okay she is murdered in a really horrific way and sent to hell to motivate in the comic book in the comic book to motivate um scandal and interestingly enough gail simone never wrote it that way this was when the series was taken over by another writer and he murdered uh, he being the oh he term. Yeah. i knew it would be because gail simone is quite progressive oh, no she writes some very decent things oh come on lads so yeah she died horribly and off screen or off panel if you want um and so this trope do comes you, up ben, again and again do, yep do you remember um do you remember uh, a watchman the 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 comic book you've probably heard of it i have i have it's rather famous and do you remember the film adaptation of it i did I do. <laughs> do you remember the character of Silhouette? Yes, the 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 gay character. In well, she's a lady lesbian. She's a lady lesbian. And in the comic book, Ben, if you remember, she is kicked out of the gang, the group, the crew, the the Watchmen, uh, because they find out she's gay yes. and they don't want the scandal. Mm. And then later, she's killed, but she's killed by a supervillain who's getting revenge for them foiling his plans. Right. So she's kicked out of the group because she's gay, but she's not killed because she's gay. I don't know if that lets you off the hook on that one. I think I think you're still burying a gay. Well, yeah. Well, I know what you're saying, Ben. I know I'm, I'm with you. I'm not necessarily. No, I know. But anyway, but uh, at least there. Anyway, look, listen for a second. Zack Snyder thought, mm, I like that, but it's not obvious enough. So in the movie version, they she gets killed along with her lady lover. Very specifically because they're gay. Oh. If you remember, it's in the opening montage, the great opening montage. Which was one but, of the best um, parts of that entire film. Yeah, and the sex scenes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, that was creepy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, in in the Zack Snyder verse, 
well, obviously, in the Zack Snyder first, they have to get killed. They're, they're killed specifically because they're lesbians. Well, look, a little bit of blood and violence gets Zack off. Who are we to stand in his way? Well, I mean, it's not the blood and violence. It's the somewhat unnecessary twist of having them be killed because they're lesbians rather than in revenge for their acts. It's almost like he buried a gay. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, man. That's ah. why it's relevant to this week's okay. topic. Okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It, but it's it's really interesting to me, and it seems to happen to lesbian characters far more than it happens to gay men now. And I don't know why oh, that interesting. is. Interesting. I haven't figured that out yet, but um, I think more looking at um, looking at the examples that I have. Um, Go on. One of, one of the big great series that came out in the mid two thousands was uh, Runaways. Um, yes. And Runaways was well. Actually, Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there for a second because Runaways was designed to be small. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You know enough. what I mean, though. It, it was yeah. kind of it's supposed to be a little small, self-contained story. It it, it broke out, but it, calling anyway. Sorry, that's it, irrelevant. It did break out. It no, but you're absolutely right. It did break out, um, and it kind of expanded beyond its means. But it, it featured around a bunch of misfit teenagers. You had Carolina, who was a uh, lesbian. You had Nico who was bisexual, you had... Um, a bisexualist. A bisexualist. And then later on, um, Carolina hooked up with a scroll called Zavin, um, who yes. doesn't really have a gender, but is openly bisexual, mainly due to not having a gender, because it's a shape-shifting yeah. scroll. Um, and then, um, also around that time, a new series was released called Young Avengers... And they had a crossover event for yes. Civil War, the original Civil War. And they all met each mm-hmm. other. And in the in the Young Avengers lineup, Wiccan and Hulkling uh, were gay yes. characters. Um, Hulkling's a scroll as well, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hulkling is a Skull-Cree hybrid. Mm. Um, so he's he's kind of a peace token um, in the oh. Cree-Scroll War. But interestingly, in that crossover event, Zavin has his yes. neck snapped. Carolina oh, is God. kidnapped and tortured. Uh, Wiccan is beaten to within oh, an inch good. of his life uh, and Hulkling is murdered do you want to know how many straight huh. characters suffer any kind of form of physical or torture or murder seven none oh that's very interesting none of the straight ben, characters suffer was this written suffer. by some sort of gay hater uh, no it wasn't a gay hater because a lot of them come back um, but I think what's more important in the trope now is exactly what you were saying you said that the, oh, I'm I'm very intelligent in you, ways. You are very intelligent, and you've kind of you've kind of hit the the zeitgeist of the moment, not the Deadpool two zeitgeist, the zeitgeist in terms of the overall <laughs> pulse of the people. To quote Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Oh, that's, um, yeah, that's what they can say about me. Yeah, um, the trope seems to have evolved or mutated because we want to use a oh, negative adjective. Um, seems to have mutated into not necessarily killing. Uh, gay, lesbian, or queer character, but more or less um, injuring them horrifically, or maiming them, or damaging them. Oh, and yeah. it seems well, that's to be much better. a way. Yeah, but it seems to be a way to say, "Hey, hey, I didn't kill him," and it's kind of you know backing away slowly from the issue, but it doesn't really help. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's a really interesting trope. I wasn't actually as aware of it until you gave me the topic for this week's. Um, for this week's podcast, and I've 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 had a very, oh, interesting, very interesting week of of. I I had always known that marginalized characters were abused in various things, but I wasn't aware of the scope and kind of issue um mm-hmm. 
that it was causing, especially in TV and stuff. And then I came to the kind of the question of why we do this. Um, and again, I think it's one of these things that's just to propel plot. It used to be women because I think the social perception of women and the very outdated social perception of women is that they're weaker or more sensitive or less capable and i i do stress that this is an outdated way of looking at women yeah well also ben that's the social perception uh from the comic book and nerd world absolutely of the of the olden days uh, here's the thing though I, I i follow you i get what you're saying um and it is very much uh kind of they're killing off the characters basically you're killing or injuring characters to motivate your lead character yeah, yeah. And the reason that it was always women in the past was that your lead character was always a straight man. Fair. And the easiest way to the easiest way to motivate him was to kill his wife or girlfriend or mother or classic something like that. Dead but now in the world that in a world that we live in where you can have lead characters who aren't straight white men, uh, you can motivate other characters by killing off their girlfriends or yeah. Or boyfriends, or you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's very, it's a very so, modern so, thing. It's, uh, I think, I, I think. Let's talk. No, go let's, on. Go on. No, sorry. you, you go ahead. No, go, you go ahead. You, you had something to say. No, you go, go ahead. Go, okay, fine. I, I was I gonna. Was, I'm gonna talk about Transformers. Yeah, go on. So talk about Transformers. Go on. Get your Transformers minutes. in before we finish the episode. Go on. Ben, uh, Ben, I like Transformers. <laughs> no, you do. Go on. Tell me more about Transformers. Ben, I didn't know, Michael, ben, the, that Transformers yeah, had sexuality. Well, there you go, Ben. Do you find lady robots attractive, Ben? No. Well, neither do I, so good. <laughs> That's definitely true. Um, no, so Transformers, right? Transformers, it, it's such a weird thing to try and make a series out of, really. Yeah. Toy robots that turn into cars. And making them into personalities. I think the Japanese people had the right idea when they invented them that they were just piloted robots, basically. Because giving them personalities throws up so many issues. <laughs> but one of the issues is that Cybertronians are overwhelmingly male. Okay, fair enough. There are a few kind of female-y ones. Female-y. And, yeah, in the recent ones by IDW, the IDW comics, we won't even get into RC, who is a kind of transgender character that's just oh, full of issues, Ben. We won't even talk about okay. that. Um, she was experimented on oh, God. and made female. Originally, Originally, all Transformers were male. And then someone, an evil scientist, did an experiment to try and make a female. Oh, see God. See how that would go. And she became really angry and murderous. But anyway. It's very Joseph Mengele, isn't it? That's, that's a bit yeah, messy. Yeah, a little bit. He's a, he's a very Meng- Mengele character. Mengelian but anyway, transformer. Then they find a colony of kind of female identifying robots. But anyway, the, look, <laughs> I'm off topic. My main point is that in, in, a, in a, a genderless society where... All characters are kind of by default male. Yeah. It means that homosexual relationships are the norm. Oh. Oh. Um, so anytime there's a romantic... Uh, I, we're not even talking about sexuality. We're talking about romance and love. It, it's called conjux injura. So like permanent joining. Conjux injura. Okay. So, yeah. So like Transformers... Basically, a lot of Transformers have husbands. Ah. And James Roberts, who writes More Than Meets the Eye and Lost Light, and is probably my favorite Transformers okay. writer ever, he likes killing off the smaller, uh, seemingly weaker, more feminine one. 
Oh. The the most the most famous one. Well, I'm not saying I'm not actually saying this as entirely a negative thing because like Deadpool, he he often uh, undoes it or is making a, a broader point. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it's it's okay. necessarily sloppy. But um the most famous case is Rewind. Rewind turns into a memory stick. Okay. And Rewind is in a relationship with Chrome Dome. And Chrome Dome is a neuro a memo surgeon. He's a memory surgeon. Okay. And look, it doesn't really matter who they are specifically, but um, re- or Chrome Dome has been involved in an experiment on Overlord. Do you remember Overlord, Ben? We talked to him about a few. Overlord was ago. the real bad egg. Yeah, he's the worst Transformers baddie. He's the he's the weapon of mass destruction in 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 human form. Well, he's the world ender. Yeah. Form. Yes, exactly. So. Um, Chrome Dome has been keeping Overlord on the ship secretly and experimenting on him under orders. Okay. But to try and to try and find out stuff or whatnot. But uh, when Chrome Dome, when Overlord escapes, naturally, uh, rewind, rewind. Chrome Dome's conjux injura is the one who is killed. Well, a few people are killed, but uh, he's the most notable death. Okay. At Overlord's hands. Uh, and Overlord very much rubs it in Chrome Dome's face. Oh, nice! When 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 Rewind is being killed. Now they do later bring him back through time travel and alternate universe shenanigans. Classic. But, yeah, we we also find out that uh, Rewind wasn't Chrome Dome's first conjux injura. He's had five or six, and oh. they've all died horribly. Oh God! And. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's another case of um, it's 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 killing off. I would say the oh, I don't want to say that Rewind is the more feminine character because he's smaller and more sensitive. Well, you've said it now, but I have kind of said it. Yeah, but it's killing off the weaker character, the perceived physically. weaker character. Yeah, the perceived weaker physically. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To to uh, to motivate basically the. The main character. Yeah. The, the other interesting thing about Chrome Dome is Chrome Dome isn't his real name in Transformers. His real name is Tumblr. Okay. Which I think is a little reference to how popular the website Tumblr is in the gay community. Yeah, well, that's fair. There's a bunch of slash fiction and slash fan art and stuff like that. Um, are you doing another Captain America flex day? For the love of God. For those of you that can't see it. For those of you that can't see it. Uh, Michael is now flexing his biceps on screen. Um... It's nothing to do with the topic, Ben. He's having a lovely, lovely time. He's actually winking at the various Transformers action figures that he has next to him. <laughs> it's it's, it's all getting messy. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, to wrap it up for this week, what did you think of this trope of burying the gays? Do you uh, have any pet peeves? Have you had any famous characters that have really annoyed you when they've just been killed off for a bit of plot motivation? Um uh, Tara from Buffy the Vampire Tara, Slayer. yeah, for one key example of that. Um, let us know what you think. Does that annoy you? Let us know what you thought about uh, Deadpool 2, if you've seen it. Um, and of course, as always, um, give us an L like, share and subscribe down there. Go on, give us an L. Like, share and subscribe. Give us an L, give us an L thumbs up there. Anyway, we will see you next week for our next topic, which we haven't discussed yet. Okay, everybody, bye. Yeah. Bye.